here. We already talked for 10 minutes. Set yeah. thing up, but. Welcome to the show. If you guys don't know us, we are Tyler and Kyle. Tyler Benson, Kyle Winters. Uh, we are Kyle. You want to tell a little bit about yourself for anybody that doesn't know that's been listening? Yeah, if you guys are a new listener, my name is Kyle. I am a beautiful man. You can't see that, but I promise I am. Go to my IG, KWins87. Um, I'm a classic physique bodybuilder. Um, I'm pretty decent, um, and I'm trying to be really good. Um, next year, I am going to attempt to do my first national show and see how that goes. So um, right now, I'm in my off season, getting juicy, uh, getting bubbly, getting real juicy. So um, that's it for me. I have a lot of hair. Luckily, the anabolic gods have been kind to me, and I pray to them every night. So thank you for that, anabolic gods. And that's me. Who are you, Tyler? I'm Tyler Benson. I'm a I'm coach from around uh, Kentucky area, but I coach people all over the nation, some even outside of the country. Uh, got a lot of quality athletes. I always tell people I may not be the best bodybuilder, but I'm a pretty damn good coach. Uh, think about uh, John Calipari type thing for UK Wildcats fans. <laughs> but uh, Hey, you've got some good delts. I want everybody to understand that Tyler has some of the biggest delts I've ever seen on a man. I've got some good good structural body parts, man. Like my my parents are both short people, but uh, they are like my dad was a uh, tanker in the army, and then he was a mailman afterwards. So he's got like these gnarly calves and legs, and I'm like, man, I wish I would have got those. <laughs> like, but I guess I got to go jump off tanks and. <laughs> you got your mom's legs? Is that what you did? Pretty much, man. My mom, my mom's a little lady. She's awesome, but she's she's a little woman, so. I've been battling. I started at, I was one that started at 98 pounds and now I'm like 200 pounds. So I basically ate myself, uh, but it all took like 10 years, 10 years of food and training. So I tell people all the time, you know, if you're going to get into this, be ready to get into it for the long run. Yeah, that's how it is. I mean, I, you know, kind of like you, I started 115 pounds soaking wet when I was 19 years old. And I'm 210 right now, fasted. So I'm a how, long, how long have you been training for, Kyle? How long have you been training for? Oh God, I started when I was 19, and I'm I'm 33 now, so 14 years. I've been training as long as, yeah, I've been training since God 2006. Yep. See, I think I started training, actually, like learning how to take it serious and stuff like that when I was about 18 or 19 as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, when you first start, you're like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to eat food. <laughs> and no, you know, when like, I first started, it was just, it was lift, go to McDonald's and eat. I used to eat three Big Macs after my workouts every day. Yeah. You know, like I remember uh, back in the day, I used to, when I first started training, I worked at a place called Kids Place, uh, which is like an adventure playground in Lexington, Kentucky. You know, like kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese, but for like bigger kids. That's amazing. But, uh, so with that, it's inside of Lexington Athletic Club. And with being uh, an employee there, you got a free gym membership. So I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm going to go try this out. So my idea of the gym was like I'd stay at the uh, the machines at the top. They have this place called the Mezzarine. It's mostly where the old people work out. But I'd just go through each machine. And I'd be like, all right, cool. And then I'd walk around the track, and I'd watch people bench press 135 on a, a barbell. And I'd be like, man, I'm never going to be able to do that. <laughs> No. And then you look back at this, those things, though, and I remember uh, that what's funny is, uh, you know, Matt Jansen is, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, back in the day when I really first started lifting and getting into it, Matt Jansen was actually a trainer at Lexington Athletic Club. No way. 
so like you know and it was he wasn't big at all then you know he was just starting coaching uh nobody really knew who he was and he he went to that gym though and i remember uh he started working out with justin compton there and that's when he got big but i mean like matt was you know probably still about 160 or 170 of course justin's walking around like 240 right but but I remember watching guys like that in my gym, and I was like, holy shit, like, that's fucking cool. I want to be like that, you know? Yeah. Which was always something awesome, you know, and this is 10 years ago. So now 10 years later, I'm like, oh, shit, you know, I'm kind of, I guess, where they were. <laughs> well, at least yeah. where Matt was at. <laughs> yeah. We're not where Justin is. I don't think we ever will be, but that's okay. That's a, that's a funny thing about Justin, too, is I remember Justin, I think he turned pro at 24. He was young, and, yeah. Uh, he this is about the time i worked at a, a smoothie shop inside of la fitness i remember he worked out at la fitness at the time he came in there and i mean this dude you know it was something you never seen before in your life like you wouldn't see that like you, you know me and you have seen bodybuilders it's a common thing we see but remember when you were like 19 years old and you saw somebody and they were just gigantic and you're like holy shit like it wasn't even like a real person yeah cartoon I remember him coming in there and he had just got his pro card and he was like 24 years old. And, you know, people see him on like, of course you see somebody that big, you're going to be like asking questions. Yeah. But I remember he was out of that gym within like two weeks because he got so annoyed. <laughs> I can imagine. Jesus. I, of course, when I started, it was in a small town in Western Kentucky. So like, yeah. you know, I didn't see any big time guys like that. There was, this is a funny story though. There was one guy and he's dead now. Like he, he passed away. Um, and we, I don't even know his name, but we called him big J. So mm -hmm. this dude was like a power lifter. Right. And he looked like your normal average power lifter. Like he was probably five foot two, just very round, but this dude was a beast. And, you know, I just started working out and it was a small gym. So there weren't many of us there at one time. And this dude was old school. I swear to God, he would go to the bathroom and like snort chlorine tablets or cocaine. I don't know what it was. But he came out of the bathroom, his nose would be bleeding. And I'm like, is that cool? Like, I mean, it looks badass, but something weird's going on. So there's one day, and I'll never forget this day. I'm in there and I'm bench pressing. I couldn't even bench press 135 at this point. I think I was, I had 25s on each side, so 90 pounds. I'm, you know, about a buck 25, um, terrified. And there's no one else in there. And he is squatting. And this, I, it must have been you know, five plates on each side, which for me at the time, that looked like an absurd amount of weight. And he's like, Hey man, you care to give me a spot? And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, if, if I let this man down, he might eat me or something. So, you know, he, he bangs out like 10 or 12 of them. I didn't have to help him. Thank God. But that was to me, big J RIP, big J that dude was like the hardest MF -er I had ever seen at that point in my life. So yeah, don't go and snort chlorine or cocaine in the bathroom, kids. That's no good. Oh, no, man. That, that kind of reminds me of a, a funny story, though. A, a, a Dr. Rena, Brian Arena, shout out Arena Chiropractic. That's who I go to for Cairo. Kind of keeps me in line. But he's a big time strong man. He, he's probably up around like close to 300 pounds. Jeez. I remember this one day, this is back when I first met him. Like, I'm a decent sized guy for five, four. Like, I guess I'm pretty big for five, four. If you really no, think for sure. But, uh, he was like squatting, I think 700 or 600 something. And he's like, Hey man, uh, you want to spot me? And I'm like, 
bro, you were literally like double my size. And like, <laughs> so I'm like sitting behind him. I can't even fit my arms around him. I'm just kind of helping, you know, I'm like, all right, well, let's hope this goes good. <laughs> like effortlessly. And I'm like, Oh, thank the Lord. Like, <laughs> But it's funny. If that guy that you're helping, he failed. Uh, there's nothing I could have done about it. I mean, a viral video, bro. You'd been on a viral video. Well, luckily that was like before. Like I think there were phones with videos, but like they were like 1.7 megapixels, so you couldn't really see. Um, but like I actually think about that now. Like if I'm doing like a heavy set of something, I look around. I never ask like a skinny younger kid to spot me because I'm like he's probably going to be terrified. I just want oh, yeah. because I've been there. So well, I've been, I've been, I've been fit, like had people spot me before, and they literally like I'm like, hey, I remember my first time trying. I think it was like a hundreds on shoulder press, and I asked this kid at the gym to spot me. You know, he looked like he worked out, so I was like, okay, let me uh, just go ahead and help me get it up. That's all I really need. And then like, so I like get it up here to my ears, and I'm like trying to get up that first rep. I'm just sitting there staring out in the mirror, and I'm like. <laughs> bro bro and like literally like i'm like pushing up dumbbell comes down smacks me in the head bro. and i'm like what the fuck are you doing he was looking at a girl oh and i'm like oh man and i'm like so since then dude i've been like you know i'll, I'll talk to a person at least four or five times before i ask them to spot me like if there's not somebody there i literally am like well it's time to do a hammer strict machine like <laughs> yeah you gotta do your recon it's important when you're like if you've got a hundred plus plus over your shoulders, that's not fun. You need a good spotter. No, that's like a T Tammy Bay's shout out Tammy as well. Uh, she she messaged me the other day because her son was at a LAC and she was like, "Are you at LAC?" And I'm like, "No." And she's like, "Well, my my son needed a spot, so I'm just trying to get somebody I trust." <laughs> I'm like, you know, I get that. I get it. Like when I have a kid one day, I'm gonna be like. I'm going to be like, you go to this person or this person for a spot. All your choices are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need a spot. You call your dad. I'll be right in to give you a proper spot. Yeah, but... So, yeah. yeah okay. Kind of... we're, we're getting a little nostalgic here, which is good, which is going to lead us into our first little topic today, yeah. which we're going to go over. We've both done a few shows at this point in our lives, but we're going to kind of talk about our first prep and our first show because those are always just interesting stories. So if you want to lead us off, man, go right ahead. Well, well, first off, uh, I want to say biggest thing with this is I started training. I trained five years before I did my first prep. Uh, I don't, I don't know how long you did Kyle before. How long did you do before you did your first show? <laughs> I did my first show in 2013, so it would have been about six and a half, seven years. Exactly. You know, and like, I feel like, first of all, when you're starting to prep for a show, you should wait till the people ahead of you tell you, like, you look ready or you 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 should do a show. You should wait till you start hearing stuff like that. I mm -hmm. see a lot of people just hopping into it nowadays, and they're like five years from stage, and they're like, well, I want to get up there. Yeah. And then, you know, it gets really, it's, it's, it's a competition, first of all. So it gets really depressing when you do all that work and you, your body's just not ready for it, yeah. which I think for five years, I went on stage my first time and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> that's yeah. But, that's how I was. I mean, I was Jesus seven years in and, you know, I didn't have a coach or anything, but I was not, you know, I think I stepped on stage about 158 pounds. Yep. See, I, mean, I started my prep i actually went to the biggest guy at my gym that was closest to my height that was my first coach that was how i chose him and yeah. i still a friend of mine shot jason allender uh, he's a national level bodybuilder i think he became almost became pro a few times but just never quite made it mm -hmm. uh 
great guy but i mean like i remember seeing this dude when i worked at kids place he looked like a cloud bro like i mean a cloud like i was like and even like the kids i worked with like that guy looks like a cloud and I was like, <laughs> you know and i was like damn i want to look like a cloud we all but do I, yeah but he wear like stringer tanks in there like he was just jacked and i was like i knew who he was for a while he's probably about my height and i remember going to him for coaching and i was like man like would you like to coach me for my first show and you know he didn't really coach many people but he offered to help me and he was like, yeah, man, I'll help you out. Bro, my first prep, I was also in school. Mm. So I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I didn't know what a bodybuilding prep was, just like most people don't. You kind of just like, you're like, I want to do this show, but you don't know like what it takes. And right. I learned real quick, oh fuck. Like, so we started off in my first prep and it was like a, he wanted to make me do a growth phase. So for like four weeks before, which I do that a lot with my clients. Like I won't prep anybody unless I worked with them for like two or three months, unless it's like super special occasion. Like I know this person can be ready. Yeah. But you know, we did a growth phase and I had to eat so much food to start off and I kept losing weight off of it. So automatically it was already, I'm like, Oh shit. Like, I'm going to be small. Like I started off at like 170, 170 pounds when we started. And I went up on stage, I think for the first time at like 140 something, uh -huh. which was like super light. I didn't expect that. Like I thought I was going to like grow and get bigger yeah. to prep. That's what every, but, uh, I think everybody thinks that like when they go into a prep, they, everyone completely overestimates the amount of muscle mass they actually have oh, in yeah. the first prep. And they're like, yeah, I'm, you know, I might lose about five pounds and be totally shredded. It's never like that. You're always lighter than you think you're going to be. No, no. My first prep, I was like, I was like, I lost like 30 pounds. I was like, how the hell did I have 30 pounds? <laughs> yep. But I got up there. I remember I was up to, uh, I went into keto, which is like a Dave Palumbo style keto. I don't know if you've ever done that. I've never but, had to do that, luckily. Yeah, I, I had to. So um, I think part of why I had to do that is, over the years, you know, I was one of those kids that grew up and I ate pizza rolls and bullshit, you know, so to get off that visceral fat, which for anybody who doesn't know, visceral fat's like the, the fat around your organs and that stuff holds like that takes a while to build. So it takes a while to lose. But I was doing that Palumbo diet, which is basically like uh, eggs and egg whites, some salmon, some chicken and some protein shakes. And that's it. You know, it, it's probably like, I think I was at like 250 grams of protein, like 80 grams of fat a day. And that's it. Yeah. Carbs are vegetables. And then there would be protein veggie days where it was just like fish and egg whites and veggies. And that was it. And I, on top of that, I was doing two hours of cardio a day. So I'd start off with an hour of cardio in the morning. As soon as I woke up, then I would go to my, my class and then after that class, I would train, and then I'd do another hour of cardio after I trained before yeah. I went to the next class. Just cannibalism all day, my God. Yeah, so I was like, I was just dying, man. Like, literally, like, there was a point where I think uh, me and my girlfriend at the time went to the mall, and I couldn't move. And, like, I couldn't. And I was like, I, I need to go home. Like, I can't move. Yeah. Like I sat down on a bench in the mall and I didn't leave that bench. I was like, all right, like let me muster up some energy. We, we went home. Like I was like, I, I was going there to like buy some jeans and I was like, I didn't even buy any jeans. I can't do this. 
Where's the Zubaz store? I need I need Zubaz, no jeans. But we'll get to we'll get to uh one of the funny things I have for this first prep though. So this is a story I've told a few people, and now I look back at it and I'm like, man, I'm a fucking idiot. Like I'm just stupid. So I was doing check-ins and I think I weighed in like I was trying to make lightweight class and I was, we, we like fed up into it and what lightweight class is like 150, 154 and a quarter. I'm pretty sure if I can think back to it and you have to uh, weigh in under that. And I remember right before that I, I checked the scale in my room and I'm like 155 or something like that. Oh. And I'm like, Oh man. So I'm calling my coach and I'm like, and he's in like a physical therapy appointment. So I can't get a hold of them. And I'm like, oh shit. I got like an hour till till weigh-ins. I'm like, what the hell do I do? <laughs> so all right, so this is the dumbest shit I did. I, I decided to put on a sauna suit and I didn't go sit in a sauna, right? Instead, okay. I decided to put on this sauna suit and I ran up and down the stairs at the <laughs> hotel for like an hour. Like Rocky style, bro. I'm like running upstairs, running back down the stairs, running upstairs. Did you see anyone while you were doing this? Oh yeah, dude. I'm, other competitors, they're probably like, "What the fuck <laughs> is this kid doing? This dumbass." But, uh, so I get, I, I talk to my my coach afterwards. I'm like, "I made the weight, man. I'm good. Like I made the weight." And he's like, "How'd you do it?" And I told him, "He's like, oh man. He's like, your legs are gonna be all fucked up." <laughs> he's like, "That's why your legs look like sausages." And I'm like, "Oh shit." So he was like, "Why didn't you just uh?" you know, turn the hot water on in the, the shower and put your sauna suit and sit on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, I'm stupid as fuck, man. Like, <laughs> so you don't prescribe your clients uh, sauna suit stairs before a competition. That's uh, Do I have that correct? So nowadays, like, I literally just tell people take like a hot bath. And I, I know how all that stuff works, luckily. So I'll be like, take a hot bath or I'll make somebody wear a sauna suit and sit in their sauna if there's one close by. But I look back at that and I'm like, that was so simple. And I was so dumb. It's <laughs> so like you panic. And I was like, I'm just like, oh, man, what do I do? I'm a pound away. I'm like spitting in a cup and like, you know, running, like, dude, I'm Rocky style, like running up and down the stairs, playing music. Like people are checking in for their check-ins. They're like, hey, man, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I need to make weight. <laughs> You know, somebody could have been like, hey, listen, an experience. Somebody could have been like, hey, bro, this is not just go just go get the hot water on and hang out, hang out around in and around the shower. OK, it's fine. Yeah, but that was one of the funny things I did. Uh, I got I got more stories, but I, I want to hear about some of yours. Well, geez. So most people don't know this because I, I kind of I hate I hate like talk. You know, I don't hate talking about. It. I'm not embarrassed now, but like, I didn't really like start following bodybuilding until about 2011, 2012. Uh, before then, I just kind of lifted, um, and I I made some pretty decent gains. And some of the guys, the older guys at my gym, were like, "Hey, man, you know, you've got a pretty nice structure." Um, I was small, you know. I the I was like 170, 175 max back then, of course. Um, natural of course and you know some of the guys started talking to me about it. i'm like i've never really thought about it like i had seen you know like jay cutler was huge you know i'd seen the guys in the magazines i'd seen him you know advertising supplements but i was like okay well i'm gonna go you know kind of research this so you know i got on youtube started watching all the videos of course that was like the rise of phil heath uh, kai green was huge back then so 
I'm watching all these guys. I'm like, okay, like this is, this is pretty cool. And you know, I'm lifting, so I might as well try this. So that was before, I don't even think men's physique was around at that point. Um, yeah. And if it was, it was like in its first year, but you know, I was just, it was open bodybuilding for me. I didn't really have any other options. So I believe I was God, 20, how old was I? 26. Yeah. I had just turned 26. Um, and I'm like, okay, like let's do this. I, you know, I, I bulked, bulked at the time. I didn't really know what I was doing, but a growth phase, if you will, for about six weeks. Um, and then, then I did an eight week prep. And the first show I ever did was the flex Lewis, um, 2013. And I was a welterweight, but I was, I weighed in at 158 pounds. Um, I didn't know anything about, you know, peaking, anything like that. My girlfriend and I actually had a girlfriend at the time. Um, that was a long time ago. I'll tell you no. So we went down there and I'm so embarrassed about this. My parents made shirts. Okay. And the shirts had a bicep on them. Yeah. Yeah. Made shirts. Love my parents. They're the, the greatest. So they made shirts for me, had a bicep on it and said, team Kyle. And I'm like, <laughs> They were, I wish I still had those shirts because they were badass. But like, can you like remake those shirts? I need to. The, it's funny because the bicep flex kind of looks like a dick. So it, it's really, <laughs> it was really great. And I, <laughs> and like, you have to understand who I was at the time. Like, a lot of people think I'm a douchebag now. I'm not. I'm a rehabilitated douchebag. And at the time, man, I thought I was the shit. I'm like, I'm going to go in here. I hadn't been, I hadn't really hung around bodybuilders before. Um, and this yeah. was free. Well, Instagram had just come along, but it wasn't like huge like it is now. So I didn't know much about amateur bodybuilding. I'm like, I've got some biceps. My abs look good. Um, I'll be fine. I could win this thing. So I'll never forget. I'm, I'm going to weigh in and I'm back there at weigh ins. I'm looking around and I actually met Flex Lewis at this time. And I'm, I, first of all, I've never seen a man that girthy in my life and still haven't. Yeah, it's four arms like my size of my head. Oh. And, I've, and I've got a picture with him. And I, yeah, and I love it. So I'm, I'm waiting to check in and there's this dude. And if you've ever competed, you, you understand this. There will be guys backstage and you're all covered up. And a guy will look like he's nothing. And then he'll pop his shirt and his pants off and you're like, Oh my God, like what the fuck am I looking at right now? And that happened to me. And again, I was welterweight and I'm about, there's a, a guy in front of me, shorter guy, but he's a welterweight. And this guy pops his, you know, he's honestly, he's probably five, five or five, six. He was a shorter guy and he pops his warmups off. And I looked at the guy behind me. I didn't even know him. I said, Holy fuck. I hope he's not a welterweight. So he gets on, he gets on and uh, he's 161, which is welterweight, which is what I was too. And I'm sitting there thinking, how, 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 like he looked like he was 240, swear to God. Yep. And that's when I knew, I was like, I am, I'm way in over my head right now. So, you know, I weighed in, I was 158, but I'm about five foot 10. So this guy's the same weight as me, but he's six inches shorter. And my God, he looks a lot better than I do. Um and then the next day, I remember I drank pre-workout before I went on stage. I did not know how to manipulate water. Uh, the night before, I ate like a big meal to carb up because I thought you had to start carbing up early. But it was like a shitty carb up. Like it was like at a restaurant, it was like a bunch of like rice pilaf and like ice cream and shit. Um, um, 
So I go on stage and I, I couldn't pose. My posing sucked because I didn't practice it. I didn't realize how important, you know, posing was. I'm like, yeah, I can't be that hard, whatever. <laughs> so I get off stage and there were six of us in my welterweight class. It was open because that's another thing. I didn't do novice because I was so arrogant. I was like, oh, that's beneath oh, me. Badass. <laughs> what an idiot. So I get up there and I just got destroyed. Like I've still got some pics from it. I think they're on my Facebook, but like it's awful. Like I look at those and I'm like, my God, like what was I thinking? But, you know, I got up there and like I did it. And that was the biggest thing for me, like going forward. I didn't end up competing for another uh, two years. And that's when I went into men's physique. Um, but like, I think for a lot of guys, and girls, you just, you know, you need to wait until you've been training for a while, but it's really good to just get up there and just, you know, pop your competition cherry, if you will, because once you do that, you're like, okay, like I can do this. I'm never going to look this bad again. So I'm going to learn from my mistakes and continue on. So. Well, that's the thing, man, is I'll, ha I'll have a lot of people and they'll do their first time show with me and, you know, they think they're lean, like, cause they've never been that lean. So they'll be like, oh, I can have a cookie. Oh, I right. can have a free meal and they'll, you know, they'll do it and not tell me. And then they get up on stage and I'm like, they're like, why, why do you think I got fourth place? And I'm like, well, you know, that one time when you had those cookies, like three weeks out, bro. Yeah. And I, those other three people didn't have cookies and they're like, Oh fuck. And then you, you kind of realize like, this is some real stuff, man. Like these people, like it's, it's a competition. It, it, it truly is. It's a bodybuilding competition. Yeah you're being judged on your body and how lean and muscular you are in combination. Right. And I don't think a lot of people will get that. It's like, it's not a fashion show. Like they don't care if you, you know, went through a breakup or you, you had a, your dog die or grandma die. They don't give a shit. Yeah. It's not judged on that. Nope. So when you get up there and your, your body doesn't look as good to the person next to you, it's like, you know, real quick when you fucked up and you'll, you'll remember every single time. It's a, it's an eye opener. I mean, really it's a big eye opening experience because, you know, I will never forget lining up, you know, in that first show and looking at these guys next to me. And, you know, aside from the guy who won, like they weren't that, you know, looking back, like now I would thrash them most likely. Um, but back then I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is insane. Like, but I didn't know what I was doing is my first time. And you got to think like, if it's your first time, you know, you can do true novice and novice and kind of get around this. But if you're hopping in an open division, I don't care if you're bikini figure men's physique, classic physique open, you're going to be going up against guys and girls who have been doing this for a long time. And oh. some of whom who dedicate their lives to it. Um, and those people are going to be buzzsaws when it's your first time. And you just have to understand unless you're genetically just gifted um, some sort of anomaly, you're going to get your ass kicked the first time, the first couple of times you compete and you just kind of have to get better and get over that and, you know, overcome those ass kickings so you can be the one doling out the ass kickings in the future. Honestly, that's the thing is I always tell people if I didn't get like my, my first ever show I did uh, was tricky Jackson classic and I went against myself. There was no other person in my class. It was really like kind of upsetting to me, you know. Yeah, I I was like really disappointed. I'm like I did all this hard work and like really pushed myself, and 
I don't even know how I look in comparison to anybody else because there is nobody else. So it sucked. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, and I remember getting off stage and uh, my, my coach was like, well, you're nationally qualified now. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and it made me realize that at the time, dude, I was like, oh, that's all it takes. Right. <laughs> you know, so like, you know, you're serious. People that put like eight times nationally qualified in their bio. And oh. you're like, so it's like, but think about that, man. Like to somebody that doesn't compete, they're probably like, oh my God, this person's fucking great. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, I always see the people that did that. And I'm like, you know, I would be talking to somebody at the gym when I was at the University of Kentucky. They're like, you know, so and so, you know, she's eight times nationally qualified. I'm like, yeah, she got last place. <laughs> but, you know, to them, they're like, oh, well, I thought he was great. Like, I thought <laughs> <laughs> back then, if you finished top five, you were nationally qualified. Yeah. Think about it. like, but that's I also there was so many more competitors. I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, like I feel like it was like there were actually at least ten people in most classes. Yeah, so five is like kind of hard. Yeah, and back then there were less divisions. You know, like when I would yeah. compete, it was just for men. It was open bodybuilding. That's it. There weren't, you know, no classic, no physique. You just, you did bodybuilding or you didn't compete. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, my second show, I went against two guys in my class. And keep in mind, I'm 5'4. Both these dudes are like 5'10. Oh, but they're in lightweight bodybuilding. Yeah. And this was before classic physique was a thing. And these were definitely classic physique guys. And so I went against these two dudes that were 5'10", under 154 pounds, what? and they're both 10 years older than me. Wow. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, uh, this is how it is. Like, in the open class, it's no joke. Like, you know, it, it's uh, – these people will, like, come there. They're conditioned as fuck, and you're getting, like, a hodgepodge of people. Like, you're getting – you could get somebody that's five foot and somebody that's six foot with two different looks – in one class that's crazy yeah yeah that's I after that show too man i got destroyed like i was like i was like oh man <laughs> like i need i need to do a lot if i'm gonna ever do this again yeah no after that first show i did then men's physique came around i was like okay like this looks because you know again i was a douchebag i'm like you know what i'm pretty you know prettiness matters in men's physique so i'm gonna take it by storm um I didn't, but I did finish the next show I did was, uh, the Kentucky muscle. I did men's physique and I did finish third in my open class. And that's when I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not bad at this. And actually they told me I had too much muscle for men's physique back then. Uh, Grant, that was 2014. I didn't, I was on stage at like 165, 166 pounds. Um, but compared to the men's physique guys back then, I was a little rounder and, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break. I've got to finish school. Um, and then I didn't compete again until, you know, 2019 when I went into classic, which is obviously where I belong. I'm not, never going to most likely never going to leave classic. Um, no, that, that's a good choice for you. Uh, I think classic gave a lot of guys without a home, a home, mm -hmm. just like, I feel like wellness now is giving a lot of girls without a home, like a place to go. Yeah. You see so many bikini girls, and it's like they're like your legs are too big and your glutes are too big, and it's like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Like, <laughs> what, do you want me? Uh, these are this is just the way I'm built. And if you're yeah. if you're honest, if you're like that, you've got to diet down and lose muscle to be a bikini girl, 
or take that next step and go into figure, which a lot of those girls do. Uh, who was one of the big bikini girls at the time? That it was a uh, Frank McGrath's ex-wife, uh, Marissa. Marissa, yeah, she's with yeah. Uh, Logan. Logan, Logan uh, Franklin. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so weird. Now, but I remember, uh, I like that was one of the first bikini girls I knew of, and I was like, so I followed her, and I remember she. Uh, she was like, I have to lose my legs to be able to compete in bikini. And I'm like, what the fuck? What is it? Like, how do you do? And it was like showing her, and she was doing like an hour of fasted cardio, like and like fasted leg workouts on top of that to like try to like burn muscle in her legs. And I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, can you imagine purposely trying to lose muscle, Kyle? Like, you're like, oh. <laughs> If somebody told me I had to lose my biceps, I would quit. I would no, uh, uh nope. That's a that's a, like you remember uh, Ty Robinson? You know Ty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you remember they they told him he he placed like fifth at like a a local uh, physique show, and they were like, "Man, you're too big for physique. Like, <laughs> right. you need to move up." And then he literally went and did Masters Nationals right afterwards and won his class and became pro. And he's trying to like. To him, he's like, "What the hell? Like, what do you expect me to do? <laughs> what do you expect me to do? I'm sorry." Okay, confused. this brings me up. This reminds me of a question I want to ask you, just because you were talking about Marissa Rivero. Who was your first bikini crush when you got into it back in the day? Because I know you had one. I have to think back. What's that one WBFF pro? Her name's like Yurishna. Uh, yeah, I can't pronounce her name, but yeah, exactly. I know what you're talking about. But I think that's one of the ones I follow. That one and Marissa Rivera are like the only ones I really. And then, uh, who was a uh, who was a girl that was like when it, it wasn't Ashley Caltwater, the one that dated Chris Bumstead. Oh yeah, Courtney Courtney King. Yeah, that yeah. one. And then she kind of became like too like she didn't even look like she worked out afterwards though. Yeah, she she like she stopped competing. I I love like Ashley Caltwasser and Courtney King were mine. I God, and I will still Courtney King is super nice on Instagram. So like if you mention her in a story or something, or even like slide in her DM, she'll always like respond. Um, and somebody gave me like a a kill fuck Mary question one day when I was doing the questions, and of course I chose Courtney King to marry. Um, and she slid my DMs after that. It was like, you're so sweet. Thank you. And I was like, yeah. all right, it's, it's, I'm, I'm about to date Courtney King. Here we go. And then I responded, she never responded, but um, yeah, Courtney King was mine and still is mine. I love you. If you're listening, Courtney, um, I know it didn't work out with C-Bomb, uh, but I'm the dollar store C-Bomb and my biceps are better than his. So come on and get in the DMs, Courtney. God, <laughs> that works. But, uh, Ashley Caltwater is a funny one, dude, because I remember uh, I was at the Arnold one time and it was like a meet and greet. And uh, Dave Palumbo goes around and he does his, uh, I forget what his uh, news channel thing is called. R RX Muscle. RX Muscle, yeah. And I remember he was like interviewing a bunch of people. When he goes up and he interviews like Ashley Caltwater, and all of a sudden you just see her like start break dancing and like doing backflips. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, what is she doing? She just randomly break dance in the middle of the room and like does like 14 cartwheels. But you know, that's probably why she wins though. Her athleticism is just ridiculous. She yeah, she always had a great athleticism and her personality was great. Courtney too. Like they have like incredible personalities, they're really affable people. Um, of course they're killing it with the sponsorships too, but 
especially with IG, like, God, I can't even imagine how much they're making just off of IG. If I was a woman, I'd make a lot of money off Instagram, bro. Well, do you think you'd be a hot woman, though? Like, what do we... Have you ever envisioned what you would look like as a woman? I did one of those those filters, honestly, that makes you a woman. Have you ever done that one? I have, yeah. I'm ugly as shit. Really? Yeah, as a woman, bro. Well, it makes me still have a beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it doesn't take it away. And then, like, I don't have hair. So it doesn't really change. It just adds it. Yeah. Like, it adds, like, a random ass, like, like I don't have, like, a full head of hair. Right. It adds a strip just down the front of it. Right. That's so I just yeah. like, like I got a half hat, shaved head, and I have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that filter before when I was clean shaven, right? And this is—I don't know whether the whether to be proud of this or creeped out. It didn't really change my face that much. So maybe I already look like a woman without a beard. Um, I don't think so. Like I've got some manly characteristics. I have a nose that's been broken three times. You know, it's rugged. You kind of look like Owen Wilson, bro. I've got that before, yeah. yeah you kind of look like a buff Owen Wilson. I'll take but that. If you were girl, your name would be like Kylie or something, though. So you kind of got like that already going on. Ky yeah, I feel yeah. like I'd have some nice legs if I were a woman. I'm just saying they're very long um, and they're beautiful. Yeah, you should just start wearing heels and do wellness. You think so? Hey, it'll help my calves. Yeah, probably. calves then. I don't know if my booty's big enough for wellness. I mean, it's 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 striated, it's juicy, but I don't think it would do well. Do you think okay, so did you see Boston Lloyd's post? Uh-uh. Wellness and like how he thinks they're all doing a PMMA. Are you serious? Yeah. So he thinks they're all doing PMA injections. Uh which I don't know if a lot of people know what PMA is, but it's basically like a uh polymethyl methacrylate, which is like an artificial filler that you put in that makes it look like fuller and rounder. Yeah. So I, like looking at some of the wellness girls that have won lately, though, it's like, holy shit, how are you even shaped like that? Mm -hmm. Like at that national level and like the pro level, they, they some of them are just like superior. Yeah, so the, the waist. I just I cannot ever get over how they have eighteen inch waists and then the roundness to the booty and the quads and hands. Like that is not lose anything there. I did, like, but. You know, and then, like, so I've heard from a few people, though, in, like, Latin American countries and stuff. Like, you know how girls get lip fillers here? Yeah, like, yeah. like, that's a big thing. But apparently, like, them P those PMMA injections over there are, like, comparable to just how, how girls do lip filler here. Like, it's so common that that's just like, oh, that's what we do. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, oh, yeah, you got your you got your butt done. Cool. Like, you know, like, good job, bro. Like, oh, got to keep up with that. Like, you got to do that every two months. So... I don't know that they're doing it or not, but it's kind of interesting to think about, like, because you can't detect that. Really? It does it feel different? Like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'll tell Laura to do it, and I'll tell you. <laughs> All right, this <laughs> <yes>, subject. <laughs> that's that's crazy. So, yeah. So we're gonna get into one more topic, and then we're gonna talk about some pro shows coming up in the Tricky Jackson. But we wanted to talk about go a little different direction here and talking talk about dating in this covid hellscape that we're in um obviously tyler's pretty much wifed up over there um yeah, shout out to laura we just give laura a shout out every episode because she's the goat that's that's my number one fitness girl the two i only one i follow now oh that's so cute <laughs> 
Okay, no. Courtney King, where are you? I need my fitness girl so I can get a double date with Tyler and Laura. So I've heard I've heard dating right now, like because I, I was telling Kyle, sir, I have a lot of friends that are single and I have a lot of friends in relationships, but every friend I have that's single says it's a complete fucking clusterfuck if you're trying to date right now. Like you can't go out to the bars. Uh, you you pretty much only have apps. Which, <laughs> visible crying. Which I've never personally had to use those. Like, oh, listen, like, Tyler. Tyler's never had to use the dating apps. I'm Tyler. I'm a stud. <laughs> I'm not but saying I'm like, like I'm not. There's so many of them now that I'm just like, which one's which? You know, like uh, I've heard of Bumble, like Tinder was the only one that was around whenever I was uh, single for a while. So I have used Tinder and I remember that was like just the one where you swipe right, swipe left. Like, and I remember what I would do on there though, is I would just like swipe right the entire time. <laughs> so like I'd wake up in the morning with like 400 pound women being like, Hey, cutie. You know, like, hey. Or they'd, like, copy a joke, which like I always enjoyed the jokes is be like, you know, what's better than hot chocolate. It'd be like Mariah. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> is, it, is it though? So you're yeah, just so, you were just doing the kamikaze technique. Well, dude, you know, to me it was more hilarious because like I feel like finding a girl from like Tinder or Bumble is a comparison to finding a girl from the bar. Yeah. And maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you have your different views on that. But like, I feel like you're you're looking for like a, a ratchet hoe or something like that. Sorry to anybody that's found their like their, their like permanent girlfriend from that. But hey, like, good for you guys, I don't know how you're doing it, and I don't know how much longer you're gonna stay together. But good luck. Yeah, but like now, I feel like it's the only option. You know, like th that's literally how our dating society is. Is like you don't have, you can't go to the bar. You can't go like. You you go, go up to somebody at Starbucks. It's like, bro, wear your fucking mask. Get away from me. Like, you know, right. like you can't even see what you look like. Yeah, I know, and that's not good for me because I'm pretty. Like, I have a pretty mouth. You know, I feel like I'm pretty. Um, so I've got nice teeth. So like, yeah. I'm covering up my teeth with the mask. So like, if I'm in public, like, hey, I can't smile at a girl, which I have a really weird, shitty, creepy smile anyway. So that's probably a good thing. Um, but yeah, that. The dating apps, it's crazy because have you heard of Hinge? Hinge is a newer one. Which one is that? I think somebody told me about that one. Is that the one where you can like select like certain specialties and stuff like that? Yeah, you have all like all of the it's kind of like think of it as like a basketball card and you have all of your stats on there. So like, you know, I can select whether I want, you know, a liberal or a conservative girl, or I can put I don't care. Uh me. I don't care at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are living in a coronavirus hellscape and it's crazy because on those apps too, now they have like your dating preference. So like it can say virtual only or social distancing with mask. Like how are you going to go on a date and stay six feet apart and wear a mask and like make that work with someone? I, how does that even work? Are you going to go to a park and like just stand across and be like, Hey, good to see you. Tell me about yourself. You gotta like slowly like show your nose. Like, let me see your nose. <laughs> so, <laughs> what that like, nose do? Smells. Oh. No, no. It's like it, it just seems so strange to me. I've always thought those are strange, but now it's like it's even more weird. Like, uh, like we were in South Carolina, and there was somebody with us there, and they were like trying to find a girl to hang out with, and it was like 
you're in South Carolina for uh, we were Junior SAs, and they were like, the girls would be like, are you from South Carolina? And you'd be like, no. And they'd be like, well, I can't hang out with you because you might have, you might have COVID. Yeah. It's, and it's and like, that's okay, a, well. <laughs> at this point, like that sucks, but like I get it. Like, but is that like a turn down? Like, you know, is that more of like a, a, a way to curve somebody or like a, a legit, like, ah, oh, no, no, I don't want to get the COVID, you know? You like. know, I would, I would appreciate that because, you know, I would try to be like, oh, yeah, she wouldn't have turned me down if it wasn't the coronavirus year, which, yeah. let's be honest, 90% of the time she still would have. Um, but it makes me feel better. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's. So there's Tinder, there's Bumble, there's Hinge. Um, you know who's got it right? The gay guys have it right. There's they have an app called Grinder. Do you know about Grinder? I I know about it. I don't know how it's different from the others though. Okay, I'm about to blow your mind, and I wish you know it's too bad there's not Grinder for straight people. So all Grinder is basically like it shows your location. So these guys go on Grinder and like. They have like the roster, but they have like a map and they can see where a guy is. So basically they're just like, hey, you're like a mile away from me. You want to bang? And the dude's like, yeah, sure. And then they bang each other. That's how easy it is for the gay the gay guys. Well, I feel like gay guys are more like open to stuff like that. You know, it's just kind of like they know what they're looking for, I guess. And it's just kind of like, all right. With like with a male and female, like, you know, you kind of kind of get to know the person. They're going to make sure you're not like a fucking going to kill them. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, I listen to a lot of those crime pod- podcasts with Laura, bro. And like, uh, there was one we listened to and it was like the, the guy was a, four, claimed he was a 40,000 year old werewolf and then, like, <laughs> and then killed her parents. <laughs> See, exactly. Wait, did, did he say that he was a 40,000 year old werewolf before the date or was that like during the date? Hey, that was like his pickup line. Like he was like, that's how he got her. She was like one of those goth, like vampire young girls, and she was oh. like, she was like, oh, hey, you know, like I've always wanted to date a werewolf, like. <laughs> and then oh like, yeah, they, like ran away together afterwards. Like it, it was just a mess. Like, but you know that that's why you gotta with male and female relationships, you do have to kind of court things. Like you gotta be like, okay, let me make sure he's not gonna cut me open. You know, like. <laughs> Very unfortunate. It's like that nowadays, but a few werewolves have ruined that for the normal guys. You know? <laughs> no, I've had to, I've thought about that. I've been on the dating apps before between relationships and everything. And like, you think about that. I will never like, if I meet a girl on there, I will never like invite her to my place or go to her place first. It's always a neutral site. Um, and I haven't been on one of those dates. God, since, Jeez, 2016 maybe, and I'm not proud to say I met this girl um, at a at a Japanese hibachi, and you know, on the dating app, sometimes you you can use you can filter your pictures a little bit, use old pictures, whatever. Um, I'm not the most shallow guy, but I'm a little shallow. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so she gets out of her car and she does not look like she did in her pictures. Like you can tell those pictures were a couple of years old. Something was going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to be mean. You know, I'm not, I'm going to be nice to this girl. So we go in there and we start eating. And before well, really, we sit down and she asked me, she goes, so what are your intentions with me? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I just got to have a kind of a long relationship. I'm just trying to meet people, have fun. And she goes, so do you think we would get married in two or three years if things worked out between us? And I'm like, uh, 
I don't know what's going on, maybe. And she's like, well, how do you feel about kids? And I'm like, uh, they're cool, I guess. And I'm terrified. I'm sitting there, and we've already ordered. So I shovel my food down, and I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom. So I take all my stuff and put it in my pocket, and I find the waiter, and I'm like, here. I pay him, and I, I left. I just left, and I blocked her on everything um, because – she was very forward. So after that, I have never been on another date, date from Tinder, Bumble, or any of that stuff. You don't know what they're gonna get. Like it's like, and now, okay. So what's what's weird is like I'm in a very committed relationship, and we don't fucking have anything to do. Like, right. like we, there's hardly anything to do. Like we, we there was two movies out, so we we're like, I'll oh, thank God and go see a movie. But it's like other than that, it's like you can go out to eat. Yeah. But like other than that, it's almost like very hard to go do anything. And during like quarantine it was like you couldn't even go out to eat so yeah. the only option was like hey you want to meet at my house and it's like uh, no not really like <laughs> yeah no and, and it's and I'm, I'm gonna get a little serious here for a second for the first time in my life on this podcast like this whole ordeal and you know everybody talks about like oh thank god 2020 is almost over like are we sure 2021 is gonna be any better at this point yeah. like i hope it is um but like Right now, like if you are single, like it's very, it's, it's to me at least, it's very, it's an isolating time because, like, you know, you can't, like you said, you can't go to the bars, you can't go anywhere, you can't really approach women because it's like, hey, I have to be respectful. What if they're very serious about the coronavirus epidemic? They don't want to talk to me, obviously. So, you know, for a lot of us right now, it's all, it's like really touch and go because, like, you're trying to maintain, like, any relationship you may have like via FaceTime or text or phone call. And that's just not the way to do it. Like it's hard to have intimate FaceTime conversations, stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's not been fun at all for, you know, it's, it, it, we're going on what, six months, seven months of this. Yeah. Um, that's for, for me and Laura, the biggest thing that changed, is we leave the house less. So like we built the gym in the garage and you know, that used to be the only thing we left to go do. We both work from home. Uh, so we don't even see anybody unless people make plans with us now. Like mm-hmm. we're like, ghosts. and, and it, it's so weird to me because it's like, you know, if I was single right now, it'd be like, where do I even begin? Like, you know, where, where do you even like start? Like, what do you do? How do you get to know somebody? Like, how do you, how do you build a, an intimate scenario where you can actually like get to know that person and get to know each other whenever there's so many restrictions mm-hmm. and it's all awkward, you know? Cause like I always tell people like I, I guys will tell me like, I can't find a girl and I'm like the best girl that you want to meet is like somebody either at, like a whole foods or a Starbucks or a Kroger or something. Like yeah. you don't want to meet that girl at the bar. Like you want to, run into somebody because you got Starbucks and it's like in passing and then you make a joke and they're like, ha that's so funny. And you're like, right. you want to come sometime? like, you know, that's the type of shit you want. Cause that's going to be a normal girl. That's not a psychopath. Right. It's organic. It's, it's nice. Yeah. It's organic. But nowadays like Starbucks, it's literally like drive through or you go in there and you pick shit up and you leave. Yeah. No, so you don't even have that option. Whole foods. It's literally like there's lines everywhere in the store. And if you get too close to somebody, it's like, you don't know if they're going to be like, Hey, get the fuck away. Right. And you don't know what anybody looks like. You, yeah. you literally don't like, you can see my eyes and I may look pretty, but then all of a sudden I take my thing off and it's like, 
oh man, he's got a beard and he looks like bat, like he looks like a little monkey. <laughs> so it's like I'm like, oh shit, you know. It's kind of. I, it, I was sad because even in you know I'm two weeks out and from two weeks out in I've got my diet death face, so I, I don't have a beard because I like to show off the chiseled jawline. I couldn't even show it off because I had to have a mask on the entire time. Mm. First world problems. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's been awful. And you know, Instagram, you can DM girls on Instagram. That's still a way you can go, but it's still super just I hate doing it. Like it's just well, what I do with like Instagram, what kind of bothers me is like how many guys are trying to talk to the same girl on oh, Instagram? Yeah. I mean, here's what you're doing. If you're DMing a girl on Instagram, you're basically playing your own version of the Bachelorette. Um, and you have to get to the number one spot or you don't have a chance because she knows who is in line and what her roster looks like. And if you're number three and number one and two aren't giving her attention, she'll give you attention. Um, but if one or two is you're, you're not getting anything. So it's awful. Um, my advice to any of you, if you have a possible significant other relationship in the works right now, lock it down. I didn't, I just, it sounds like I just hit my computer. I didn't, um, lock it down and try to cultivate it because this is not fun and it's not going to get any better. Most likely next year until we have a vaccine and this whole just hellscape of COVID is over. So, yeah, that's a big thing, dude, is I've known, so I've had to travel a lot lately and it's so different in every state. Yeah. I had to go to Orlando next week and there they don't even have masks. Like there's no restrictions. Literally everything's open. Yeah. And then you're crazy because like I live in Kentucky, like you do. And you know, it's like, if I go up the street to the grocery store, it's like, Oh, I got to make sure I put my mask on. And you know, and then in a, where were we at? Indiana for a while was not bad at all. And I remember going there uh, to, to a cookout and it was like, I went to a gas station in Kentucky and it was like, you can't use the bathroom here. Hell no. Like you, you gotta, you gotta go somewhere else. Right. And then I literally get over the border to Indiana and it's like no mask at all. And they're like, yeah, bro, you can go and use the bathroom. You don't have to walk in at all. We don't give a shit. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> what's happening. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't even know what the go goes going on anymore. Like, I don't even know how to act places. Like, I got to Google, like, restrictions of this <laughs> before I go to it. Like, we went to South Carolina for Junior USA's. I don't even know what to think, bro. Like, they were so strict in some areas, but then you go into, like, a – you go into a deli market, and they're just like, well, as long as you're sitting down and you're over there next to the window, it's okay. And then there's – you know, you got a guy in the middle of the street yelling, like telling people they're prostitutes and he's not wearing a mask, but nobody wants to say anything because he's crazy. Like it's, it's different rules for everybody. It's super weird. And like, I, I work in a supplement store and like they, their mandate is like, everybody has to have a mask on. Yeah. And you know, I, if somebody comes in, I, I throw mine on immediately, but man, and I live in rural Kentucky, obviously. I've had some doozies in there when I tell them to put a mask on. I had a guy wait for me in the parking lot a couple weeks ago. This is a pretty good story. So I'm sitting <laughs> down. I'm sitting down at work, right? It's about 7.30, so we close in about 30 minutes. And I'm sitting down, and this guy can't really see me. For, he can see my head. So that's important for the latter part of the story. So, you know, he opens the door, and I've got customers in there. If I didn't have other people in there, I probably wouldn't care. But, like, I don't know how they feel about everything. I'm trying to be respectful. So – 
I said, hey, man, uh, you got to have a mask to come in here. He goes, really? I said, yeah, man, you just have to. I'm just trying to be safe for everybody. He goes, well, man, fuck this. So he walks out. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but again, I was sitting down so he couldn't see me. Now, if you know me, I'm not the, you know, I'm not going to fight people. I don't do this. I'm not a fighter. Luckily, I've never had to be that since I, preschool was the last fight I got into. I broke a kid's nose because he came on to my girlfriend, FYI. So don't fuck with me. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm closing up, I'm, you know, everything and I'm walking out and usually my store is the last place to close in that little complex. So I'm walking out and I notice there's a truck next to my car and I'm like, this is weird. That guy's sitting like on the back of his truck, like waiting for me. And this guy, poor guy, he was trying to be tough. He's about five, four, maybe 125 pounds soaking wet. Um, and he didn't see me because I was sitting down. So I walk out and I see him. I say, man, is there anything I can help you with, buddy? And uh, he kind of goes, he says, he sees me and I'm not a, I'm not a small man. And he goes, uh, it's a free country. I'm just hanging out. And I'm like, well, I'm going home. Uh, you need any help with anything? Are you sure, buddy? And then he just ran and got in his truck real fast. Like, was he going to kick my ass for not allowing him in my store with, without a mask? Probably, bro. But I think the issue is you got a small ass head. I don't know. I got a big head. You got a small head, and compared to your body, man, he he saw your head, and he was like, "This is a small man because he got a small head." So you need to do some more head exercises, first of all. I can do the neck. No, he was going to try to tell you off. He was going to he was going to make his statement known. Like I don't got to wear a mask, and I have noticed that, man. Like the smaller towns, like okay, so I'm in Lexington, Kentucky. You're in you're in Owensboro. And uh, I've been to Louisville quite a bit. And so Louisville is like extremely strict. Like the Starbucks, like wouldn't let me use the bathroom and they, but the employees were going in there and I'm like, okay, like this is weird. And I'm like, is there a place I can use the bathroom around here? And they're like about six miles up the street. And I'm like, okay, well, thank you. Louisville. like, this is ridiculous. And then, you know, I'll go to a smaller town and be driving through somewhere to get to another town. And it's like, I'll stop at a gas station. There's nobody wearing masks. They don't give a shit. They kind of look at you funny if you're wearing a mask. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of like, well, you dumb motherfucker. Why are you wearing a mask? Like, you know, like you're hiding your face, boy. I can't hear you talking like shit like that. And I'm like, okay, this is completely different. So it, it really depends on where you're at, man. Like, like I, we need to get Cody Nolan on here and ask him or like what, what it's like in Columbia. Cause their population is like 10,000 or 8,000. Yeah, I remember we we went we went up to uh to his gym during quarantine uh just to like you know work out for one day, and this is like right before gyms closed, or right after gyms closed, and uh, what was it? A woman like I was parked outside of the gym, and this woman comes up there, and she was like, and she saw my license plate, and it said Fayette County, and. Uh, she was like, "Oh, you know, they got they got cases in Fayette County. What are you guys doing around here?" And we're like, "Uh, we we stay inside all the time, ma'am. Like, we're just up here to buy some fitness equipment for my buddy. Like, he owns this gym." And she's like, "Well, you know, Marion County, we don't have any cases around here. You know, we don't have any cases in Columbia. You know, you guys got to be careful being around here." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like, she's ready to report you to the authorities and get you. They, you know, they weren't wearing masks. They didn't care. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I never, 
I never imagined that uh, I would be living through a global pandemic in my lifetime, but That's the last thing I think I expected for this year. Yeah. Like in March, I was like getting ready for the season of bodybuilding to start. I was like, this is going to be a great year. So many people were lined up to compete, possibly become pro. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, I remember mentioning people, I'm like, hey, uh, I know you prep for the show for 16 weeks, but uh, it's canceled. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, I laugh at that now, but you know, Dude, I'm a terrible mine. I was going to do the Northern Kentucky and it was yeah. eight days out when it was canceled. And yeah, I had three doing that. And they, they, they were all like, are you serious? Yeah. And I, I, you know, honestly, at the time I was ahead of this, I, in February, I was kind of telling people like, Hey, like this is going to be serious. And people were ridiculing me, of course. Um, but I knew it was about to be serious. I honestly thought that shows would be safe through March and I didn't expect the Derby to happen. Um, so I wasn't surprised about that, but I thought that we'd be able to get Northern Kentucky in and I was literally cooking my fish for the day and my phone started going crazy. And I'm like, okay, I know that what this is about. So I kind of, yeah. whenever they canceled the Arnold and that will didn't cancel it, but didn't allow spectators. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> this might be a little bit more serious than we thought. Yeah. Uh, but I expected it to st- Honestly, I think they would have still had the Northern Kentucky if the venue didn't close down. Right. Uh, and there's not much you can do as a promoter whenever, you know, a venue closes down a week out from a show. No. no. Uh, so I completely don't blame them for that. that that's a rough situation. Like, you know, you get called by a convention center like, hey, uh, we're canceling all events. And you're like, oh, okay. And yeah. that's really, really good about that. I mean, they, they gear you to refunded everybody a pretty immediate mm-hmm. like he was on top of that but it was just sad you know and i know you know how it feels like it's like i had three people that were looking great for that show worked so hard and then you know you're one week out and it's like it, it's not like you quit it's like you were told like you're not allowed yeah which is you know that's weird you know it, it's it's a probably like that's probably the only time i hope that anybody has to feel that way yeah I hope so, because you know what I would always tell people, and I don't say this anymore. When somebody would ask me, like, hey, you know, you think I should go ahead and compete? I would always say, hey, man, the stage is always going to be there. Yep. And that's that's all I was thinking about when this happened. I was like, shit, the stage is not there. <laughs> like, no, no, I feel like I, I always think when I'm saying that, I'm like, stage will always be there, except when there's COVID. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So now I, I, don't, I don't say that anymore. I'm like, you know what? Maybe you should get up there. Why not? Like, I don't know if it's going to be there. <laughs> No, it's like it's nothing certain and it's ridiculous. Like that 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 was wild to me, man. Like I never I've never seen a show canceled at all before. No. You know, like and then so many national shows, like they didn't even have junior nats this year. Mm-hmm. Like that's that just done. They and the crazy find- thing is, like, we don't know if next year's gonna be normal schedule wise. Like they're acting like it is, but I, I don't I don't know about you, but I don't have a hundred percent confidence that it's going to be normal. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like a man, like uh, I have Eli coffee and he was, he's WBFF pro, which is a little bit different from IPB, uh, more international based. And the first show that he was supposed to do was WBFF worlds, which is like their Olympia. Mm-hmm. And it was in Bahamas and the Bahamas shut down. Like yeah. they weren't allowing anybody from the USA. Like, they're like, you can't come over here. So that got canceled. 
So they moved it to England to like the OT Arena where like you know Ozzy Osbourne plays concerts, it's a big right. ass place, huge. And we were like, okay, we're gonna plan on that. And they want like to go over to England. You have to quarantine for two weeks. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there talking to Eli, and I'm like, dude, that that's gonna be hard as shit. Like you know, like you worked your ass off for this show. And then you, you're going to have to quarantine for two weeks. And then, you know, we're not going to go in at your 100%. We might go in as like 80% of what you could have been. Yeah. Against some of the best in the world. And uh, then England shut back down. Uh-huh. So England's not allowing people in from the U.S. or any other countries, really. So you can't even go. So that's the thing is like these other countries are shutting back down and we're, it's very uncertain what could happen next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm hanging on to all, I, I threw together a little garage setup. I'm hanging on to all my equipment for dear life. I've had people offer to buy it from me at exorbitant prices. And I'm like, Nope, <laughs> I don't so know. I what got, happen. You'll have to, you'll have to come up and check out the garage sometime, but we got literally like full setup. I mean, yeah, you, you tricked it out. We ordered uh we sorted a nice glute drive, we ordered a new stair mill, we got GHR coming. Like I will not leave the house at all. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> no, like and it, it, it just just in case too, you know, and I I have a group of people that are already set up and they already have like a membership just in case it closes down. Like my closest clients know they can come there and work out. Like mm-hmm. I've got it set pretty standard like i've got waivers and disclaimers to sign for people to come over and train like i i prepared for just in case it happens again <laughs> just in case hey, you can make a little money off of it why not oh dude i had people bringing like gifts and all sorts of stuff and yeah. it, 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 it was let me train my legs heavy man i need yeah, it you know, the biggest thing is like you know people would be like i have a dumbbells and a bench and I would have people paying me. They'd be like, offer me a hundred bucks just to come over there and use a hack squat. <laughs> right. And I'm like, Jesus, Jesus guys. No, like I, who did I have come in a uh, Jagger, Jagger Holbrook. I don't know Jagger. He's a big bodybuilder in uh, Ohio, right? In Ohio, Cincinnati. Yeah. Area. But uh, he was like, dude, do you have 150 pound dumbbells? And I was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, can I come use them? And I was like, yeah, bro. So he brought me like a, a nice bottle of bourbon and like came and like, hung out there and just trained for the day. Like I worked up in the, I worked up in the office. He would text me. He's like, Hey, can you come spot me for these dumbbells real quick? <laughs> come out there. I spot him for one set and like go back inside. That's amazing. Yeah. But it, it was fun times, man. I honestly enjoyed it. It was kind of like a prohibition style gym scenario. <laughs> <laughs> the speakeasy, the Benson speakeasy. Speakeasy, speakeasy gyms. That's basically what it was, bro. People were like sneaking people in back doors of gyms and getting in trouble for it and then doing it yeah. again and risking it. Yeah. That's, That's like some shit I'm going to write books about. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And hey, it might happen again. So stay tuned, I guess, right? Yeah, for real. <laughs> but let, let's let's go into a Tricky Jackson recap. Yeah, you, you were there. I was not there. It was a seven-hour round-trip drive for me. So Kentucky show of the year. Uh this show, it, it means a lot to me, honestly. This was one of the first ones I did. I don't know if you've ever done that show, Kyle. Have you? I've ne- never done it. Nope. Have you ever been to it? Yeah, yeah, I've been to it. Okay, so first of all, it wasn't at the same venue this year. Uh, they put it in the hotel, the old hotel where they used to hold Kentucky Open. Mm-hmm. 
back before they demolished that building. Uh, it's like the Crown Plaza, and they did it in this ballroom. And the ballroom was like, okay, have you ever been to an NGA show? Yeah, once. Okay. I was you know they're pretty small, right? Like in comparison yeah. to like these shows. Okay, so imagine that, but a quarter of the size. Oh wow! So the stage was literally like something you go up on stage and you do like a talent show on. Like somebody goes up there and like burps the ABCs, right. and, and then there was like thirty chairs. Like free throwing chairs, and that's it. It was like it was kind of like I I feel like it was partially because like Kentucky does have some stricter rules, yeah. Uh, but also it was just an incredibly small show. Like I have never seen a smaller show, really ever. And it was very disappointing. Were there thirty competitors? Say what? How many competitors were there? Uh, when I asked Ricky, uh, thirty-two. But, you know, uh, probably a few more signed up after he told me that. I imagine he got like 40. I think there was, I think, 17 total guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then it was split up. The pre-judging was like women went at 10 and then men went at 12. Mm-hmm. And you had to buy a separate ticket for each. So, I only went to men's pre-judging um, because I know uh, Caleb Ferry and uh, Jeremy Fox. And I just wanted to kind of support them and go cheer them on because it, it sucks because, you know, the, those people, you know, the, people worked very hard for a prep and nobody competed. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say nobody, but like, I, I know a lot of my guys would be very, very upset if I was like, hey, do this show. And they worked their asses off for 16 weeks and they got like an easy win. Like, they would be very... And and I know a few of the ones that like I talked to Jeremy Fox and like congratulate Jeremy Fox won the uh, the overall bodybuilding. Uh, and I've actually known that guy for like eight years now. It's kind of funny because back in the day I worked at the the supplement shop, and we also had like a smoothie bar. And he kept, would come in there and he worked at like a he worked at the factory I think next door. And he was not into like working out at all, like knew nothing. But he would order this shake called the Cookie Monster. And it was basically like Oreo cookies and ice cream and protein mixed up. Yes. And he'd ask me a shit ton of questions, dude, like a ton. Like, and he, he genuinely just wanted to learn, mm-hmm. but he wasn't into anything yet. And now, you know, eight years later, he's winning an overall at a bodybuilding competition. You know, he's done so many competitions. So it's pretty cool to see like how bodybuilding can change somebody's life. Yeah. So like a lot of respect for, for him for working it, working his ass off to get to the show, even with a lack of competitors, you know, uh, I know that probably disappointed him cause I know he's competitive, uh-huh. but it's weird to, to see that show kind of going downhill, man. Like I, I, I don't know if it's because of COVID or I imagine that plays a role, but last year had 60 competitors, you know, this year around 40. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, Probably because of COVID. Like, I mean, it's the first Kentucky show. And that show that I did in Indianapolis, that was one of the first ones, like, after shows began happening again. And I think that, like, those of us who had to, you know, put a prep on hold and then get back into it, we were just ready to go. Like, we were ready to just get on stage because we had been dieting for so long. We just wanted to go. So I think those shows in the beginning when things opened up were a little more, obviously competitive because there were more guys there because we were like 
let's let's go. We've been in prep for eight nine months. Let's get it. Let's get in here. Yeah. I think that may may be one of the reasons since you know this show was you know a couple of months after shows start happening again. That, that's the thing is like it was kind of it was wild to me because there were a total of five class physique guys in open and they did only a b class and i mean like uh there were two in class a and three in class b uh -huh. and i think three of the guys in there were over 50 years old yeah, yeah. which is like you know and that 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 i was like talking to austin it's like austin we mean him joked about doing that show and it's like you know we didn't of course but <laughs> it's just like yeah. You know paying for a trophy almost right yeah. yeah it's one of those things i you know i i didn't know any of them personally aside from caleb and i thought caleb looked really good yeah, um, caleb, i feel like that what, what kind of messed with caleb though man is it sucks is like uh the show is so small they put light heavyweight heavyweight and super heavyweight into one class yeah yeah i have never seen them do that at any show ever before in my life like I, I get that in like novice classes, they'll do that. But have you ever been to a show where they've literally put, uh, you know, somebody that's one ninety four with somebody that's two twenty eight? Never. And that is, I don't care if you have a small amount of competitors. I, you can't do that. That's super. No. It's unfair, man. It's unfair. Yeah. You know, like in my opinion, Caleb prepped for that show to make a weight. Right. Like, and I know Steve Weingarten, Coach Sam, and. Uh, Steve, Steve, I know is going to make people make weight. Like Steve had like seven guys in that show. Seven of like the 17 guys were Steve Weingarten guys. Yeah. I mean, that that's crazy that, that that's how it is. You know, I know he brings a lot of people to stage, but it's like he preps those guys to make weight though. Mm -hmm. So it's really disappointing when you grind somebody down to, you know, 195 to make light heavyweight. And then they're like, well, we're going to put you against this guy that's 220 and 212 and 228. Yeah. So when in, when in light heavyweight, if he went against people with his class, you know, he would have probably had, you know, he'd been for sure first. Yeah. Went, completely. But, you know, but it just kind of eliminates the, the idea of him getting it to go against that overall pose down and yeah. how a bodybuilding show is supposed to be. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, and obviously I'm not a promoter. I don't know what I would do. Um, these are just yeah. again, this is weird. This is weird shit that's going on this year. Yeah, shout out to for still managing to put that on. Like that was pretty cool. Like you know, he could easily cancel too. Uh huh. You know, he could easily been like, "This just ain't gonna work this year." But you know, and I think he lives in Mississippi now, man. Like so, promoting that show is probably like kind of harder to do. Yeah, you know, it doesn't look here. So shout out to him for putting that on. Uh, and I'm sure he wanted more competitors, but it, it's it's crazy. Like, uh, I looked back at 2015 at the competitors list, and it was like 11 people in heavyweight, 10 in light heavy, six in middleweight, five in welter. Like, there was like 15 bikini girls per class. Uh, uh and now it's like not many people are doing doing shows as much, I guess. Yeah. I, do you think that'll change next year if the schedule's normalized? I think uh, – it's it's weird, man. I think either next year will be stacked or it'll be, like, kind of moderate, you know? Like, I don't think it'll be low attendance at all, but I think it'll be kind of – it might just go back to normal. Yeah. 
Yeah, like yeah. you know, like we have like 150 competitors at a show on average. Yeah, I think that, that was cool. I'm like, I mean, I, I'm like you. I'm I'm thinking back to like when I did men's physique at the Kentucky Muscle in 2014. Like there were so many competitors at that show. Um, like yep. you said, like in my open class for C physique, there were 15 or 16 of us. Um, and that's how it was with just about every single class across divisions. Um, so it is kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know if people have just, I, I think with Instagram now, I think a lot of people are bodybuilding, but they're not competing. Yeah, I agree with that, man. A lot of people just want to say that they're, you know, part of, part of the train and like not getting on stage, but getting better. Yeah. Which it kind of makes that, that old debate where it's like, are you a bodybuilder if you don't get on stage? You know, we could we could have a whole show about that. I'm gonna say no. Yeah, I say no as well, man. Because and I think that's just something because like we've both been on stage, so yeah. you know we know how it goes. Like you, you got to make it to the stage before you can call yourself a bodybuilder, or else you're just a weightlifter. Exactly. Uh, and that's and, fine. If you're just a weightlifter, but don't claim if you carry around a, a gallon jug and wear an animal hoodie, you're not a bodybuilder. That doesn't necessarily make you bodybuilder. It can go deeper into that too, man. Because I feel like honestly, you got to show up on, on stage in shape. Yeah, yep. you know, because anybody can get like, dude. Did you know there's a thing where like a uh, fraternities, if you like lose a bet, they'll make you do like a, a bodybuilding competition. Oh, that's awful! I did not know that. Yeah, so I, I don't know if you ever seen something. There was a guy at a show. I forget what year it was. If I ever asked him, like, "Hey, bro, did you like prep for this?" He's like, "No, I lost." <laughs> I lost a bet my fraternity brothers and uh, I had to do this. And I was like, that's dude, that's fucking demoralizing. Yeah, like awful. They're making you you're making your out of shape ass get up here in like a fucking bikini. <laughs> and you, you were like the, he wasn't tanned up at all. Like he didn't even know it. It sounded it sounded like he just like signed up and like fuck. Went up there and just flexed. <laughs> but, no, it's crazy to me, man. Like uh I think uh, though next year we'll, we'll see a lot more. Uh, I feel like wellness has been super weak this year. I don't know if a lot of the girls were like they were planning on doing it. Just kind of like I've been in prep too long, which is the case. Like uh, for Laura, we we she was 18 weeks out, and we were like we decided to just pull it. We were like let's just grow because we didn't know it was going to happen. So I feel like a lot of other girls girls are different with preps. Man, I feel like guys can stay in a bit longer. But with females with preps, like when it gets to like a twenty week period, it's like you got to pull the plug. Yeah, their their internal systems are much different than ours in that. Yeah. Room. So wellness, I think there were three girls in wellness of the show, which has been about the same for every other show. But uh, that was kind of sad. Uh, and then a sixteen year old girl won overall in bikini and figure. Wow. What? What? How does that happen? Exactly, bro. Like that. That was astonishing to me. That show. That tells you, though. It shows you kind of how it was. Wow. A sixteen uh, born post nine eleven wins yeah. bikini and figure. Like, so weird. Probably walking around the gym like a fucking like hyena. She's like pulling lioness. Like, with you know, that's awesome. Winning a two overalls at sixteen. You know, whatever. When you're that age, like she's in. She's going to high school, and she's like, "Fuck you, bitches!" Like, <laughs> you just can't tell me nothing. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna steal your boyfriend. Like that, that's like <laughs> sixteen and one and two overalls, bro. Imagine being a sixteen year old dude. Oh, dude, I would be just, I would be insufferable if you I go did that. There, you carry your trophy to class, drink oh, fucking chocolate milk out of it. Like nobody's telling you nothing. 
I don't know if you heard, but I just won uh, a couple of bodybuilding shows. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that because I weighed 90 pounds at 16. Yeah. You win a sword, you take that shit to school because you won. Dude, you know what I've done with my swords? I give them to my nephew. He loves them. He loves them. I have, I have a few of those swords, man. Uh, sometimes I'll decide to try to fight people outside with them. Nobody really wants to do it. but Hey, if you ever want to do, like, once we start doing video, we can do, like, a sword fight with our swords. We'll put that on. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty epic, dude. I'm pretty good yeah, at fighting. If you ever like that, just be Don't slice me in half. Have you ever seen that, that Dewey Cox story movie? Oh, God, what a, what a classic. Where he slices his brother in half within a day. <laughs> That, that movie is so underrated as a comedy. Like yeah, it's I remember Laura watched it the other day, and so the whole entire time, every time I'm like dying, laugh. She's looking at me like, "Did that really just happen?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Speaking of great movies, comedy movies, did you ever watch Borat back in the day? Oh, dude, yes. They're coming out the next the yes. new one. It's gonna be on Amazon Prime, and it comes out like this month at some point. I cannot yeah, wait. October twenty second or something like that. Yeah, like that. I remember seeing Borat in theaters. I must have been seventeen. Uh, it was a long time ago. My yeah, mouth hurt from laughing so much when I saw that movie. Dude, yeah. like, uh, I went to go see that movie with my dad. <laughs> That's awkward. Yeah, you know that one part where they're like rolling around in that hotel room and they're both naked <laughs> and they're fighting. Well, like this old couple in front of us got up and just left. <laughs> <laughs> well what did they expect did they see the previews for this movie they were like this is disgusting and i'm just like i'm dying laughing honestly like, the thing that killed me about that and this is just highbrow this killed me the black bar they used to edit out the you know borat's dick was like down to his ankles i i i died. that's when i knew i was like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen in my life no i might like go watch that movie tonight honestly just because it's so funny i might do that as well i'm single I got nothing else to do because yeah. I'm quarantined and isolated. You're at it night by yourself. <laughs> I'm going to get on IG and I'm going to just live stream me watching Borat by myself. So if any of you guys want to hop on my IG later, um, don't just look out for that. We can all watch Borat together on Instagram. <laughs> hey, we'll do a show where we just watch Borat and just do a comedy. <laughs> God, that'd be great. Well, dude, we were going to talk about some pro shows, but we're like, okay, let's just do an hour. And now we've been on for an hour and a half. So that's how it goes. That's how it goes. We might, if we could get something together, maybe this week, maybe drop another episode, a short episode about the pro shows. Yeah, um, we could do that. Pretty figure it out. Or we can just do a recap after next week. Yeah, we'll do something. Yeah. Yeah. We got the Spain, Spain Pro is coming up. And that one, uh, top three bodybuilders qualify for the Olympia. So it's all of Europe basically doing it. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get your top three European bodybuilders that are going to be in the Olympia this year. Yeah. Uh, so that that's kind of cool. That's the first time they're doing something like that. Uh, there's some good guys competing in that one, but. And then they, and we got Chicago pro uh, the next week. We're about two weeks out. Yeah. From that. We got a local Louisville guy, Kevin Johnson's competing in that. So he looks great. Uh, I actually saw him this weekend. Um, Is, can we just talk about how he's, I mean, he's probably the best poser Maybe. Dude, I'll be, I'll be straight up. Dude. Like I, as a coach, I'm not the best poser, and I do not like. I will teach people basics on posing. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. Like if somebody's just like, I want to learn about double bicep, I'm like, cool. That's how you do it. But when it comes to posing, I send every single one of my clients to Kevin Johnson. Yeah. Uh, with one man's talent on Instagram. Uh, if you want to learn how to pose or fix posing and make sure your shit looks good, come up with a posing routine. That dude's awesome at it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I, he's, I, I've thought about going to him. I literally, I will watch his IG stuff and just try to do it myself. He's that good. 
Uh, he's, he's good, man. Like, uh, he will come up with routines. Like, he's done some routines for even like my women's physique girls, uh, bodybuilders, men's physique, class physique, uh, and they they all look great. Like, they really present them well, sells well on stage. And I actually do recommend that for you. Like, I I'm gonna go to him myself. Uh, probably later after he's done competing, I'll probably hit him up. I, I'm just like one of those people. I don't like to bother people when they're in prep. No, for sure. I agree. Like, like, I, like, okay, dude, you got some other shit to handle. So, but I, I probably will contact him myself here towards the end of the year. Yeah. I like to start posing when I'm a lot bigger. Yeah. Uh, and then as I get leaner, I like to do it more. So, like, I like to find stuff that works whenever I'm kind of, you know, got a lot more bulk on me. Yeah, a little juicier. Yep. I think that's the best time to start it. And a lot of people, like, kind of neglect it whenever they're not lean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still pose every day right now in the off season, like at least for 10 minutes. I, and I'm like you, I'm not the best poser yet. I'm getting a lot better, but you know, you yes. can always be a better poser. Yeah. That's like a, I think a, K- Caleb uh, actually won best poser at that tricky Jackson class. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, that's another cool thing that show still does that a lot of shows I wish still did. It was like best poser award, uh, yeah. most muscular, um, Best conditioned. Prettiest, prettiest I'm just kidding. They don't do that one. <laughs> <laughs> they do that. And I'm winning every time. I'm beating all the bikini girls for prettiest face. Can you imagine that shit, bro? Like the, the girls are all like, who's going to win prettiest face? Like, <laughs> I, would, I would just walk past those chicks. Like, yeah, that's right. Look at me. I'm God, the winner. Good, man. God. Like, yeah, best biceps. Like, they should get really into it. Like, <laughs> best, best striated glutes. Best beard. <laughs> That'd be good. And then men could wear beard. Baldest, baldest head award. <laughs> <laughs> we could have a baldest head and best hair award. I'm going to hang on to this for dear life. I'm hanging on to my hair for dear life. Hey, dude, don't do a ton of master on then. You'll be fine. I, look, I, I don't. When I do, <laughs> I pray to the mass gods. Like, please, 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 please spare me. I will yeah. sacrifice something. I'll, I'll sacrifice a little bit of a doctor development, just a little bit, just to keep my hair. My my prep in uh 2017 is when I lost my hair, bro. I had like a full head beforehand, and towards the end, I was like, "Oh shit, it's gone." <laughs> I was like, "Shit, this you know, shit is gone." in the front, I'm like, "Well, I might as well just shave this." And luckily, I didn't have a funny shaped head. Yeah. So it worked out well, you know, because you know some people got a funny shaped head. They kind of look like an egg or like a like a a tri like a tetrahedron or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's serious, right? You're like a tetrahedron, you you ugly son of a bitch. Yeah, bro, you call somebody that, they're fucked. You know, you, I would be fucked if you called me that. Like, I got to look. Imagine, I got to Google this first of all, then feel bad after I Google it. Imagine getting drove by in the street, 16-year-old boy. You look like a tetrahedron. You're like, bro, fuck. I'd be like, yeah, well, I'm I'm, I'm juicy, so shut up. You're not going to sleep at night after that one. I, I Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. That'd be too much. All right, well, listen, I got to go make some steak. It's steak night for me. Yeah, it's a next meal's mine is chicken and some rice and avocado, and I'm gonna go walk the dogs, I think, and then I have to clear out a garage for the oh, new yeah. ceiling bot, bro. Is it is it a nice ceiling fan? It's like we decided to go ahead and put a split unit in the garage because it's kind of oh. getting cold. So I'm gonna put a I put a some heat up in there because you know I don't mind working out in 100 degree weather, bro, but 20 degree. No. Well, geez, your muscles you can't stay warm. What are you going to do? I'm not knee or something. So, yeah, we're getting that put in. So, we have to put a fan to kind of circulate it. Nice. But I'm going to go there and situated to do that. Well, 
I'm going to go hang out with my cat and maybe watch Borat. So you have fun, bro. If you watch Borat, let me know. We'll talk about it. Yeah. We'll have a, we'll have a full Borat. discussion. <laughs> sounds good, bro. All right, man. I'll talk to you later this week. All right, bro. See you guys.